0: You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. This is your game day crossover edition with the great Jake Burns and the OBR film Breakdown. Keep it locked here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Every day of the week, make sure you rate, review, like. uh, Let us know what you like about the podcast and what you don't. Always uh, listening and appreciating all of your reviews. Uh, Here we go. The game is four oh five out in Seattle. Browns looking to get to five and two. And without any further ado, here is Jake.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into your game day preview. Releasing this one a little early because it's a combined effort on the OBR film breakdowns part. We got a guest coming up in a little bit kind of a crazy week for me with some of the stuff around getting a Seattle guest. I know, Brad, you probably had a little more luck. Obviously, all eyes on Cleveland Crossover here for the first part of the podcast. We uh, link up and get together and do our usual bit, but uh, uh, on the OBR side, it's going to be a little different. So anyway, Brad, I'm I'm happy to be here with you, man. Looks like we've got a really good game on our hands, Uh, a really interesting game. I'll say it that way. Expectations are a little all over the map for the outcome of this one. I think a lot of Browns fans have chalked this up as sort of a, like a uh, passable loss, right? Where you can understand why they would lose this game. And then you look at the Cardinals game kind of looming after that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think expectations are pretty low for this, for this game here in Seattle for kick. For those of you who forgot that it is a little later than the one o'clock usual kick. So what's your expectation for this one, Brad? Um, I, I
0: think it's a winnable game. Actually. I, I think that, uh, these teams have a lot about them that is similar Defensively and offensively, Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I kind of think of that Spider-Man, you know, pointing at Mm Spider-Man meme a little bit in this one. Uh, Stylistically, um, so I think it's interesting. You know, I I think that it's a winnable game, though, for sure. I I don't, I mean, Seattle hasn't gone out and really dominated anybody, so I think that certainly the Browns can stay in the game and hope to make a play late.
1: Agreed. It's it's interesting that it is a game they can win, I feel like a lot of people have sort of less less the case in the 49ers game where everyone presumed that was a loss. This feels like there's a lot of vibes around. It's okay to lose this one before you come home. You can get back to five and three. That sort of energy is sort of surrounding it. But I think obviously the Browns feel like they have a pretty good shot. They feel like P.J. Walker is going to be more prepared than he's been. We'll see if that ends up reaping any benefit. But let's go through our normal stuff here. So weather looks fantastic. Fifty five low chance of uh rain i mean again it's seattle so don't quote us on this it's just like cleveland on the lake anything could happen in any moment but as far (laughs) as every weather prognosticator we checked there's like an under five percent chance of rain so feel pretty good about it being a nice day and i would say brad you would you much like me would feel like this is a pretty good time to get a seattle game where it's it's not awful in there um you know a little dome of weather out there
0: yeah no it's uh you know you don't have to deal with the uh the you know ice and the gray and those those are tough games to play go play in there for sure there are it's already tough to play in you know with the 12s and everything but uh this uh a sunny day is you know if we have if they actually get that is uh it's hard to believe so a good time of year though you're right good time to get
1: them we'll see if that um you know nice weather ends up working in anyone's favor i think the browns probably prefer it to be mucked up a little bit but We'll see what shakes out. feels like it's, uh, it's a nice time to get into Seattle, get a good game in here. And, and the coverage is uh, a CBS 405 game on this one? I think it is, right? I have Fox. Okay, it's a Fox coverage. Okay, right on. Who's covering Fox this
0: TV one? coverage, uh, Adam Amon, Daryl Johnston, and Pam Oliver. That would be Fox, I believe, right? Yeah, so, that's right. Um, yeah, 405 Fox game. Yeah, Adam Amon, okay. Daryl Johnston, Pam Oliver. Uh yeah, that's it. 405 Browns games have been running kind of long lately, so uh you know, this one could uh go into the evening, early evening.
1: Yeah, it could could run right into our 7:30 kickoff show, right? The uh, wrap up yes. that we normally do. Right on. All right. So, we have two things we have to hit on still, betting and then uh, the officiating crew in this one. So, let's let's do this quickly. So, betting, I know you have a couple that you really like. What's the over under and spread as it's sort of settling in here on late Saturday? Uh, yes. So
0: it is, uh, th- three and a half minus three and a half, uh, Seattle is laying three and a half. So minus three and a half to Seattle, uh, and the over under has kind of been all over the place. I saw it as low as like 35 earlier this week. It's up to 37 and a half now and kind of settled in that range. So, uh, still low scoring.
1: Yep. I like it. So low scoring is probably going to be a, it's not going to be a nine three like it was in 2011, but it is definitely going to be well. we listen, I, I think we had thought at least I did, Brad, last week when they played the Colts. It was that first touchdown for Jerome Ford. I'm like, this might be this might be enough to make a difference because this is going to be a low scoring game. And then we all know what happened last week. The NFL is yeah. obviously unpredictable. But, uh, you know, you feel like this one should trend a little more on the on the low side for score wise. I would feel comfortable with the under on that. And then is there some prop bet stuff you like in this one?
0: yeah i'll hit that stuff now uh if you do look at seattle's totals they have been somewhat low throughout the uh year even in their wins so a lot of 17 14 2014 stuff like that so uh here we go here's what we like uh for the prop bets this week i'm going right back to cooper i know he just down last week but If somebody's going to produce on this team, granted, there's no running backs available on the board at the moment uh, with some question around who's going to play there. So uh, I'm taking Cooper with the watered down number of 50 and a half yards and his reception number is at three and a half. Uh, I think that's way too low. So I'm going Cooper over 50 and a half over three and a half receptions. I like D hop over a field goal and a half. And then I like PJ Walker to go for uh, the line is a half a touchdown pass. So I like him to get one there. And I like Geno Smith to go over half an interception. So for him to throw an interception, so get a touchdown pass an interception two field goals, Cooper over fifty and a half, and a half Cooper over three and a half, throw it all together. And I like that as a little parlay.
1: Like it Brown Seahawks kicked off first time they ever played back in 77 it has been dominated by the seahawks 13 and 6 all time recent contest was a 2019 game that the browns had every chance to win lost 32 to 28 then the time before that is a 2015 trip out to seattle which the seahawks dominated and won that one 30 to 13 the 2011 game was sorry not a 9-3 contest it was a 6-3 contest i apologize for messing up one of the more unique box scores that you will ever see and if you recall i believe that was a Charlie Whitehurst against Colt McCoy game. So there, there's some nostalgia for you. 2007, the Browns won that one, 33-30. I can't remember was um, the quarterback of that one if it was, if it was, it was Aaron Anderson. All right, so Derek Anderson, Matt Hasselbeck battle back then, and then the only other ones that are relatively close past the 2000 mark is 2001, the Browns lost 9-6. So they've had a 9-6 and a 6-3 final since the turn of the decade, or sorry, turn of the century and then a 34 in 2003, a 34-7 Seahawks win. So again, 13-6 all-time Seattle. The last two games have trended towards Seattle's direction. The Browns won an ugly one in 2011. Maybe they can do that here a little more than a decade later, try to repeat something like that, maybe a 16-13 or something of that nature in a, in a score column. Uh, what, you know, Is that the vibe you have too, Brad, low scoring, or do you think it's going to be surprisingly high scoring?
0: No, I think it'll be low scoring. I, you know, I think that, uh, I like that, that I think it'll be right around that line. I would stay away from an over under on this one. Officiating crew. Do we have an officiating crew information on this one? We do. We've got Bill Vinovich on the game. Now, Vinovich is an interesting guy. He was in the league until 2006, I want to say, or something like that. Uh, and then left due to heart issues, came back later in his career, uh some real quickly some key games that he has been on for the browns i have uh he was on the halloween Cincy game last year the big win 32 13 browns uh he was also he was on two wins last year for the browns he was on the commander's win as well 24 20 uh back in uh 21 he was on the chiefs browns opener and in 2020 he was on the shootout with the ravens 47 42 uh the uh, lamar coming out of the uh, locker room game there i believe if that's right uh so yeah he was on those ones uh what you're gonna get with him is he is uh you know trends here he has a three to one ratio uh on offensive line penalties versus defensive line penalties which is interesting uh so he calls a lot more of his penalties on the offense uh real quickly the seahawks are are actually getting uh, penalties called on them uh, 59% of the time on the offense. So that actually plays to the Browns hands a little bit uh, as their tendencies. Uh, the Seahawks are the number one ranked team at drawing false starts in the NFL. Uh, so that's something to watch for. Um, uh, that's a the- bad,
1: that's a bad omen, Brad, especially considering yes, it is. how jump consistent the Browns are and how you're playing at home and how that can be to your advantage. So that's not good to hear. And,
0: and the twelfth man there, uh, which yep. is, which impacts that number as a whole, obviously uh, playing in Lumen. So uh, that's something that they need to be aware of. It is a bad omen. Uh, Browns uh, ranked fourth overall for offensive holding penalties this year. Did you know that? That's crazy. Um, uh, the chaos at the quarterback position obviously has contributed to that. Uh, the Seahawks are currently uh, co-ranked number one overall for roughing the passer penalties in 23 jake uh and no referee has called fewer roughing the passer penalties than bill vinovich so yeah uh real quick the bottom line Vinovich. this is uh from uh sharp uh, analytics here vinovich is uh, nine six and one uh under so he, his games have gone under most of the time uh in 23 he is on a five and one under run uh as far as the line goes um so 64 uh, percent of the games in his career since uh coming back in 2016 have been under the total um yeah so that that's kind of the some of the trends there uh you know uh, under 39 points is the play in this game, is what uh, you know, Sharp is saying as far as uh, analytics go. Um, and uh, Vinovich's total record is second to none uh, when it comes to uh, low scoring games. So there you go. He tends to uh, have a typically, this is interesting, Vinovich has typically been a quote unquote let him play referee, averaging more penalties per game uh than in previous seasons so far in 2023 but teams overall are committing more penalties as a whole so trending towards more penalties around the league but he is a kind of guy that will let them play according to this
1: so. Okay. Fascinating stuff all around there. I think that it's funny to me when you, you bring up a, an official and I'm looking it up and I, I, you know, I don't recognize them without the gear on. Then they have the hat on and the stripe check. Oh, okay. I've seen him before. That's, That's him. Guy, yeah. So, all right. Some good trends for the Browns. Some not so good, right? But uh, overall, I think it's a it's a good crew for this game, especially you, like you talked about the low scoring nature of it. So hopefully the Browns can hold their water a little bit here with the snap count stuff. That's one thing that stands out when you talk through that sort of situation with what we saw last week. All right, let's shift over before we close here, how the Browns get it done. So if you think of how the Browns are winning this game, Brad, talk about what they have to do on both sides of the ball to get it done.
0: Well, I I think that, you know, once again, you, this team can't come from behind. I don't want them playing from behind at all. So you've got to get off to a fast start. You've got to keep the game script neutral. Uh, I think you've got to establish the run. Now you can tell me, you know, this, their defense is a lot like ours. They're fast and light, So maybe the run schemes that the Browns deploy here might be a little more direct than some of the pin and pull stuff that you've talked about in the past that has had some success. They want to run sideline to sideline and run you down, right? So maybe uh, some more gap stuff and and going at them might have some some more success. But uh, you got to establish the run in this game um because they can get after the passer and they will blitz uh you know they they will blitz safeties dbs they get really creative they'll bring anybody at you so uh, i i you know they are very good defense i think um kind of hitting their stride devin witherspoon feels like a uh, little bit of a no-fly zone uh jake i would stay away from him as much as possible and kind of gear Uh, Even though Wolin had a really good year last year, he's struggling this year, giving up 120 uh, quarterback rating when targeted this year. And their safeties are giving up a good amount of uh, catches when targeted, even though they like to deploy those three safeties with Love, Adams, and um, the other one's escaping me now. But uh, there's three of them they like to run out there. Um, But, yeah, and they got to play a clean game, right? they got to win turnover battle. Uh, I think the defense will play well here. I think you can force Gino into some some bad plays with some pressure, but uh, that's kind of my thoughts on the game all around. Keep it close. Hope to make a play late. They've been finding a way. Uh, his team is mentally tough and has a little bit of moxie. I think you kind of lean into that that trend here.
1: So I think you're talking about Julian Love. I think is the third one there, right? So yeah. Julian Love, Quandre Diggs, and then Jamal Adams. Yeah, their, I, I, I did mention.
0: Diggs is the guy yep. i forgot.
1: it's okay right they're, they're secondary driven we're gonna hear from a guest on my show i'm sure you talked about it this week on your show brad secondary driven roster but the linebackers are good bobby wagner not who he used to be physically but he can certainly still get it done mentally he's not as good in pass coverage but certainly as a downhill linebacker is good jordan brooks is flying all over the field right now and is is proving some of that first round value the reason that they took him in the first round so he's a challenge right i think if the browns can block them up in terms of pass protection use the run to play into the pass i think that's what they have to do in this one if they can set up some sort of run, running rhythm then they can play that into some of their downfield passing game and creating situations where they're looking like pre-snap run then creating some throw opportunities off of it i think that's an opportunity for him i think obviously the tight end play in this one will be will be massive I think the if the secondary is going to be largely impactful against wide receivers, which I do believe to be true, I think they're certainly going to have to be able to win the tight end running back receiving battle, which again, won't be easy, but is something that they'll have to do when we look back at whether they won or not. Um, on the other side of the football, Geno Smith has been prone to mistakes. So he's made a few, he made a few against the Cardinals, one of which was intercepted down by the goal line. Another way of which was dropped out near midfield. It could have been a massive play for the Cardinals. So when he does make mistakes, You have to be able to take advantage of it. They have to be able to also shut down the run. No doubt about it. They cannot let a team get dual threat on them the way the Colts were. That's when they were not uh, able to defend the the collective the way they needed to. If you look at the two times they've had bad defense days, both the Ravens and the Colts were able to rip off chunk runs on them. They can't let that happen. So if you can make them one-dimensional, still hard because, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a nice player coming along. DK Metcalf yep. getting back on the field, and we know how they struggle with the big physical wide receiver type sometimes. Obviously, George Pickens is another example of that type of wide receiver. They have not had much luck against, and then we'll see if Tyler Lockett plays, but even if he doesn't, they have that Jake Bobo, who's a nice uh, rookie for them as well, playing pretty well. So it's a good group over there, but I think that their consistency is lacking, and I think Geno's not playing as well as he did last year, so I, they're not throwing up a ton of points, right? If you can keep them under you know, 20 points, keep them in that uh, 14 to 16 to 17 range you have a real chance to win the game so like you said play from out in front i don't think this is a game that you can come back in very often i know the browns got fortunate by virtue of turnover to come back multiple times you know eight lead changes in the last game i don't see a yeah. repeat of that even though it looks like jason peters is going to be starting to tackle and i'm sure miles garrett who had four and a half sacks against him last time will have a chance to put a stamp on mm-hmm. the game again i think i think peters is starting i'm not sure if stone is starting i There's a little bit of confusion there about what's going on, who will ultimately be out there on the field for the Seahawks. But the Browns' pass rush has to dominate. They have to make them one-dimensional, and that's the way to go. And they have to be able to play from at least in the range – of seven points behind to seven points out in front. They cannot fall behind 14, 10, 14 points early because that makes them one-dimensional, which then, as we know, is not a very good situation for them to be in. So, you know, again, you know, you talk about every team wants to play out in front early. Every team wants to do certain things, but the Browns are truly not equipped to come back in games right now if they get one-dimensional, right? There's no doubt about it, and they have to play an A game. They have to play one of their better games of the year. We know, like I would say, that the offense is due. They're very much due to have a good game. They have not really put together very many good offensive games this year. There's a couple examples of that, Tennessee being one. But And you could say last week, but they were largely benefiting from defensive stuff, right, turnovers situations to put them into plus field percentage. But they need a game where the offense, and this is hard because it's P.J. Walker, you're a little beat up at some spots, but you need to put together a good offensive game. They're due for one. If they do, they have a real chance to go out there and steal a game on the road, which would be, you know, imagine this, Brad. They get to five and two through all of the chaos that they've had. Deshaun's shoulder, Nick's knee. It would be amazing for them to be five and two. And again, I think they're playing with a little bit of house money. I really do. A lot of people yeah. picking Seahawks. A lot of people think that this is a schedule loss, traveling out west, all that stuff. They're playing with house money. And I'm gonna be very interested to see if they have that us against the world mentality that they brought with the 49ers. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I do think they will, I and uh, that's how they should approach it. You know, their secondary is tough, you know, you we were talking about, but they are susceptible to, you know, Witherspoon is hyper-aggressive guy. So a guy like Cooper, you think maybe a couple double moves or something like that, you could really get somebody in trouble and, and, and take advantage of uh, a deep ball or, or something there. I mean, he is a rookie, and he loves to jump those under routes, so.
1: Listen, this should be a fun one, man. This should be a fun one overall. I, I th- That's what I'm hoping for more than anything else. I just don't want it to be a, a drudgy sort of blowout situation, which, again, I don't think the Browns are going to go out there and really hand it to Seattle, but I think there's a chance Seattle could hand it to them, and I hope that's not the outcome. I think that the Browns are suited, and I be- I, th- I think they believe that they can go do this type of stuff now, right? They have a belief in them that they can win these types of games, doing two of them back-to-back with P.J. Walker. They think they can win these close ones. And sometimes that's what it takes, man, is your franchise seeing that we can win these close games. These toss-up games can go our direction, and you start to get some of that luck. The the Browns are due for some one-score luck, right? And they're seeing a little bit of it right now. Maybe they keep that trend moving, Brad. So I I feel like we – I know I picked the Browns in this one. Did you pick the Browns, or who did you pick in this one?
0: Yeah, I did pick the Browns. And, and uh, you know, my last comment would be is, you know, PJ gets a contract. He gets a, a whole week of ones. Maybe you get a, a good PJ Walker game. He's sprinkled a few in here over the years. He had a couple good ones last year. So maybe you get a really good one from him and and we see something different. So, uh, yeah. like you said, the offense is due to play a little bit better.
1: It's, it's a benefit to him that he knew early in the week he was starting. They planned around it. You know, I know they did that, obviously, um with his last true start, but this is now like five weeks with the franchise as if as a rosterable player, all of the little elements there up and around and all of that non-practice because again, practice squad guys are like scout team. That's what you're doing. You're not going through the actual offense and doing that stuff. So it, it, like you said, he's better than the stuff he's put on tape. How good? That's definitely a very capped ceiling, but he is more than capable to perform better than how he has performed so far so we hope the exposure to the offense being in the lead role a little bit more over the last two three weeks will help him push him in the right direction and hopefully your cleveland brown show up and play well so uh, that's it that's the pregame brad ward jake burns all eyes on cleveland OBR our fun breakdown we appreciate your time thanks brad for stopping by hanging out and doing this with me brother
0: of course, man. Anytime. Go Browns. Hoping for a big win, like you said. If not, we'll get another one back. But uh, I got a good feeling about this
1: one, Jay. Sneaky good feeling, guys. All right. We'll talk to you soon.